So this is like the same thing happened just for the SEO, in my opinion, the, the awareness is now pretty high. And for these things like front-end optimization, backup, we are still like lacking knowledge. If that's my opinion, I don't know what you think about it. I'm thinking like uh, using this opportunity to be on this show, maybe we can come up with some um, list of steps that um, imaginable um, developer can take if they notice there is an issue on their website. Hey everybody, Bob WP here, and welcome to another Woo Dev Chat, a Do the Woo podcast show. Woo! Woo! The show is brought to you by Hostinger.com as a builder or an agency managing multiple sites, check out Hostinger. Whether you're building a WordPress site or specifically a Woo store, their infrastructure brings your client site speed, uptime, and security. And if you're looking for a solution for email and SMS marketing, OmniSend is offering 30% off for three months, plus a migration service worth $1,000. This can be for your client's shop or your own site. Just find the link in our show notes or click the OmniSend logo on do the woo.io. Tell you more about our sponsors later in the show. But today we have two very special guest hosts for this Woo Dev Chat. Eros and Sabrina, who are diving into all things WooCommerce performance. Listen in for their perspectives, experiences, and tips when it comes to performance on your clients' Woo sites. My name is Oros Tasic. I'm from Serbia. I'm a WooCommerce developer. I work for the Norwegian company called Maximer. And the current role is tech lead. And with me today is Sabrina. So she will introduce herself. Hi, Urush. Hi, everyone who is listening to us today. Thank you for joining us. My name is Sabrina Zidane. I'm a WordPress performance engineer. I speed up WordPress websites for clients and for agencies for their clients. I also work on speeding up uh, plugins and themes. Um, I used to work for WP Rocket, XWP, and other nice companies in our communities. I'm really fond of performance optimization, and I love talking about it as well, and happy to be on this podcast. Yep, I'm also doing the performance optimization, mostly the backend stuff and server optimization. But yeah, I'm like last couple of months doing that for the company I work in. But yeah, I'm really passionate about that. So yep, there are interesting stuff going on going on today with the performance thing. And we're here today to talk about uh, speeding up Woo websites. Websites that are built as stores. Where shall we start? With Wu as a definition to be the scalable platform for your e-commerce. And on a question, I often got a question like, can Wu be a good choice for a big site? And I will always ask the other question, uh, what is the definition of the big site? Mm -hmm. And the short answer is yes. But we can talk about in details, but the short answer is yes, just depends. So what would you define as a big uh, site? Because uh, it depends uh, on many things, right? On content, on users, on traffic. What uh, in your work you would define as big site? So, yeah, as a big site, I can define, I have like multiple definitions, but let's say that the big site is at least a couple of years old. And we can touch that because when you start, you don't have orders. You you have a small amount of users, maybe some logging in behind. So again, it needs to have orders, users, and so on. And as a data, I would say maybe above 10,000 products, maybe starts to get big because then you will get a lot of orders and depending on the visitors and users. And then if you have users that are logged in to the site or have some memberships or some discounts that is counting to be 
a bigger site. And as I said, I would qualify all the sites, all the businesses that are in the that are working multiple years. The site is getting bigger. The maintenance is not done maybe properly, so you get stuff piling up two years, and then that can slow up your site. I don't know what's your opinion on that, but yeah, that's a short definition from my part. Yeah, definitely. And uh, to, uh, according to my experience, it can also be a big site without a big database of products. It can be uh, like less than 1,000 products, but if there are users... Maybe not a lot of users as well, but if users are buying constantly, like it's a mm, permanent user database who are buying constantly these things from the website, and it usually happens when it's some sort of subscription or downloaded downloadable product, something not physical. I see this often that a website that doesn't have a lot of traffic doesn't have a huge amount of um, products, doesn't have a huge database of users, can be counted as a big website because they get all the problems, all the issues that really large websites get. Have you noticed that as well? Yes, yes, depending. And that I just didn't mention that because currently I'm only uh, working with the WooCommerce stores, so they usually have a lot, have a lot of products and everything. But yeah, it, it also depends on the number of orders and number of visitors. It doesn't need to be a user that is registered on the site. It is just a visitor doing the buying and everything. And I should mention that working with this, uh, WooCommerce introduced this high-performance storage. And I would advise that everybody that is concerned about performance switch to high-performance storage. I know there are challenges. For example, not all plugins are comp- uh, work with the high-performance storage, but it is a good future regarding the orders and performance in Wu. I'm very curious if you had any experience uh, recently uh, adopting plugins that are not adopted yet by their developers to high-performance storage because... This can be a challenge, and like usually, we would assume that plugins developers would do their best and adopt their um, plugins to what WooCommerce does, but it's not always the case. How do you work around that? It's a good question. So uh, usually, either we use our custom solution and then we are safe, but of course, there are old sites that we are not cannot create custom solution for everything. So either we try to contact the, the plugin developer to see if there is a roadmap or a plan to switch to the high-performance storage, or we just do some migration in between because the WooCommerce also has a migration between one and another. It's not good for performance. The site will work, the functionality will work, but actually you are not getting the performance part, but you are getting the functionality that the client needs so this is like at least it works yeah at, at least it works but you in the in the ideal world you will wait for the update that routine will work but sometimes you just need to pick performance or just something to work but yeah the i i agree with that that the issue is currently that the developers cannot catch up with the changes and that is affecting the sites because yeah like I see in day-to-day work that they're like a lot. I, I don't know the number, but pretty much a lot of plugins that are not yet using the high-performance storage and they're doing something with orders, basically. You know, I think that the question here is uh, even wider than using the specific update or using specific high-performance storage from WooCommerce, which is uh, quite new, but... Um, the situation in general, we both are very active in WordPress community and care about uh, WordPress as a software and community as people and community as people who use WordPress in general. And I'm curious, what is your take on how, as a community, we can approach 
such questions. You know, I have uh, most of the work that I do, uh, it's uh, around uh, core web vitals. It's front-end optimization. Uh, and it's very, very common that some plugins or some themes are causing issues. And what I do is, I'm just what you mentioned, I try to reach out to plugin developers and say, hey, there is a problem and it causes problem on all the websites that are using your plugin and the problem is the same for everyone and here is the solution. Maybe you could do such and such. Uh, sometimes it's a nice chat but sometimes and sometimes it gets fixed but sometimes it leads nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And I'm thinking, do you have any take on how we can approach these cases like community-wide? I mean, that is a good question. And I would always go speak more loudly in the meetups, workshops, and everything, uh, contributor days, trying to get awareness. Because I think it's not a problem to address the things as long as people are aware of what is happening. I just don't think they're aware. And I mean, if there is like, if you get a community to say, but we need this and then this started being a talks or meetups or groups or like uh, Facebook groups, whatever, then the awareness will be higher for the particular issue. And then I think that the people will, because this is like demand. If there is a demand for it, it will just happen. But yeah, I just think that the awareness is low. In general, I'm not talking only for high-performance storage, but like for the yeah. performance in general, like they're like the site is working, it's okay, and then you get like some sale or something, and then everything is slow, and then it works, and then the the usual definition would be WordPress is slow. I mean mm -hmm. that kind. This is like generalizing things, and it is not like if people like are more aware what can be slow because of this or that and and this is a good practice and this is a bad practice and i just general knowledge needs to be a little bit higher and then like i think that is the end goal to increase general knowledge for multiple areas I feel that, that it's like a fine line between uh, getting plugin developers know about the issue and like shaming for not fixing them because uh, a lot of plugin developers, it's just their contribution in their free time. And it's not uh, like, it's not their day job and um, it's normal. Thank you for doing this thing. Thank you for making this thing. But it's they all just like us, usual people who have lives on one hand, on an, so <laughs> sometimes when I face the same issues with same plugins, small plugins usually, again and again, and I reach back to plugin developers and nothing happens. I have this uh, urge to post something on Twitter, like tag them and say, like, look, there is an issue and so on and so forth. But on the other hand, it doesn't look very polite. Also, this is like speaking of meetups and everything. Some plugins affect only certain groups of people and certain groups of users that use that plugin. And they might be all over across the world. Like they might have database of people that only use their plugin uh, across the world, not in specific place. And I was just thinking in terms of plugins review team, for example, if we can do some sort of education around this matter. I know they do a lot of work, and I know that uh, it's the team is growing bigger now. So maybe some sort of standardized approach in terms in terms of performance might help us too. Yeah, first first of all I want to say for the plugin review team, I head down that is the big responsibility, big job. I know they have a lot of on their plate. It's not easy for them because it's not like the community is publishing one plugin per month. There are thousands of plugins. And I 
uh, yeah, like, but I, I agree that again, this is the same thing that if there would be a bigger awareness, but again, then definition, the most question that I also get is how you test performance because we have different types of people, companies using the WordPress WooCommerce for their company or website. So for maybe this is just the guessing, but let's say for 80% of them, everything works fine. And then you will then force someone to introduce some performance that will say, but why would I need performance? Because everything is look fi looking fine. And then you have these bigger sites that they have some issues because they are not in those 80%. And then you need to satisfy both sides like the and, and again, testing performance on what? One thing is testing the clean WordPress without the WooCommerce and a couple of plugins. And then what happens if you add 10 more plugins or if you have another team that is that is not the same results that the, someone recommended? Yeah, of course. Possibility, like, possibility of different scenarios of a website is endless. And then one test or one recommendation for performance is like cannot apply to bigger scale so that's also something that for example when when we do that this is like you uh, <laughs> common misunderstanding if you made one site performance performance to be good you cannot just copy paste the things you did there and just apply it to another one because it's a different site and then but I would love to have anything regarding performance saying uh, that, for example, this plugin performs, for example, well with this amount of data or in these conditions. Like they started doing with WordPress. There is like performance team now and they're doing like the measurement of the loading first byte, etc. So they're doing the performance with all the major versions but again, this is so concentrated only to WordPress. And as we know, there is no WordPress site without the plugins or a team. So I don't think there is a site that uses only WordPress. Like, So again, that uh, those tests, I don't think apply, for example, on your client that has like uh, one team that is, that doesn't matter, some team, and then like 10 plugins that are normal plugins to have like essential plugins, let's put it that way. And I also experienced that, for example, you will have a plugin or a team that is stable in this version. And let's say next week they release the new version, like WooCommerce 8.5. They introduce some attribute ordering or there's something that crashed multiple sites and performance was bad. But again, this is only in that version, so that will be fixed in next. Or it will maybe not be fixed. But again, if you put like a stamp on this, like saying this plugin is good for your performance, and then the update happened, it can be bad for your performance. And then, then in that case, you cannot. Are you removing the stamp or saying to the client? So there is there are a lot of challenges in my opinion. But yeah, I'm thinking uh, now as we are talking about this, I'm thinking. If we can come up with any like base ba basic ideas, uh, what would be? All websites are different, and WooCommerce websites are very very different one from another. But are there? Could there be any like basic recommendations for plugin developers in that terms, and that would fit everyone, and I was just thinking about one, and we have this plugin called uh, called Plugin Check that checks plugins before going to to the repository, and it checks uh, for um, escaping, for sanitizing data, for all this stuff. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice to have kind of a reminder there or something, or maybe there can be a check made, or even just a reminder that if your plugin is not used on certain pages on front end, just mind not to load its stuff there. It would help so much. I, I totally agree with that, but yeah. I can't think about anything else 
that basic and that simple that can be reminded to plugins developers. But that's, that can be a start. Do you have uh, something else to add in this basic list? I totally agree with your basic list. I would also just, it doesn't need to be a step, but just a reminder that one, uh, like, for I'm now talking for backend stuff and the server stuff. So I would like to remind, like, we can always profile a code if we get it, like, uh, on weekly or monthly basis, that is that is the improvement because at least we are doing it as a developers. We test it, we see that there is an issue, and then if you get it like first once a month, then maybe once a week, then that can be a routine. And then if more and more people are just testing against the, there are like a lot of profilers. I'm not talking about the PHP or whatever is on the backend. So again, I would encourage people, like you said. This is like the same, please do a test just to see how it behaves. Because again, awareness of doing tests is can change a lot of things because I think that the most uh, releases are just released with, I don't want to say zero testing, but the less testing than it need to be. And then that is also a thing that can be improved and then like testing stuff. And like I, I like the new feature that was shown, uh, I think on the in Madrid on the WordCamp. Uh, Matt showed it. Like we can, now you can go and just live test with the provision in the browser, the plugin or something. So that is like an opportunity. So you can see, and then you can actually see right away with a couple of clicks if adding something can slow or break something. Maybe I mean, I'm, if it breaks, someone will change it. But again. I just think that the people, if they want to test something again, they are not in easy uh, use case to test something. So again, if we encourage that and just get the mindset of we need to profile, we need to test, we need to do a Google page speed, lighthouse, what, whatever, but we need to do it and then change it like that. Because I, I, I don't think that you can put like one definition and that one definition would solve everything. But like, Encouraging people to say, please run at least one test again against 100 users or whatever. It's very good for the start. Just uh, to be clear for people who will be listening to us, uh, do you mean um, WordPress play Playground? Yes, yes. I did not mention, but yeah, WordPress Playground. So the thing is called WordPress Playground and... This is kind of WordPress playground in the browser. And you can see what is happening when you change things in WordPress in browser. It doesn't require any installation. It's easy to test. Yeah, that's another recommendation. Yeah, and also if, again, this is just a, for, that is one thing that is good because you have a lot of people that just want to test something. They don't know how to install it locally or they don't want to add it to the, uh, to the live site because... Anything can happen, but also in that way, if we can create any kind of easy test or just showing because of this, I mean, there are like plugins like query monitor and something like that, that you can see that if something is slow or you do the X debug or new relic or their tools, but those are like advanced tools for the people to test. And like this playground, if there are some tools like that, I think that can help bring awareness and people will maybe address it more like like i want to compare it with the seo and the things like 10 years ago people didn't know about it and then it started and then everybody learned and now everybody is the expert but again they're aware that they when they have a post or a product they need to do something in order to be visible in google in this case we do the same thing with awareness saying when you do a change that needs to be properly tested or seen in order for your site to perform better in order for you to get a better position on uh, uh, social media or Google. So this is like the same thing happened just for the SEO, in my opinion, the, the awareness is now pretty high. And for these things like front-end optimization, they come, we are still like lacking knowledge. If that's my opinion, I don't know what you think about it. 
I'm thinking, like, uh, using this opportunity being on this show, maybe we can come up with some um, list of steps that um, imaginable um, developer can take if they notice there is an issue on their website. As a builder or an agency managing multiple sites, check out Hostinger.com. Their infrastructure brings your client's site speed, uptime, and security. Also, at your fingertips, you'll find a powerful suite of tools for security and performance, code and content management. Now, add to that the ability to manage your WordPress website through WPCLI for control configuration and plugin updates, enhanced WordPress acceleration powered by Lightspeed Enterprise, control over auto updates, free migrations, and of course, the essential staging sites. Through all of their services and features comes e-commerce optimization for your clients' woo shops. So when you think about it, overall, everything you need to keep your client sites running smooth can be found with their agency hosting at hostinger.com. Whether you're a product or a site builder, OmniSend can help you with your customer or client's email and SMS through their CRM solution for WooCommerce. Product builders can bring their plugins and SaaS to a new level for their customers by integrating with OmniSend. And for you developers and agencies recommending them to your clients for managing their customer relationships is spot on because it gives them the right tool to build their email and SMS lists, send targeted campaigns, create automation workflows, and track their results, all from within their WordPress dashboard. With over 100,000 e-commerce stores already on board, have your clients and your customers get started for free by simply having them search for the OmniSend plugin on WordPress.org. Let's say there is a developer uh, who is not performance uh, expert, but they notice or they feel like, you know, you feel like the website is acting slow. You don't know in which scenario it's happening. You don't know either it's fronted or backend. You don't know anything, but it was kind of fine a month ago, and now it's acting weirdly. Um, what if we try to come up with a few steps that they can take to figure out where to look, at least? Yeah. I mean, I know at least three steps I would try. So let's say you're not that experienced, but if that had started happening, first thing I would recommend, so the easy, easy, so, so this is not a developer tool, but it's easy. Like if you can add a plugin there, like we talked about it, it's a query monitor. It can show you if there is some error on the site or if there are some slow queries to the database. So again, I know that their developer is going to say, you can see slow queries, MySQL queries on the server. So that is advanced thing. The simplest thing, add a plugin and track. Not the best thing, but you can see there if there are some issues. Yes. If that doesn't, let's say that doesn't reveal anything uh, important, then I would suggest uh, now, depending on your hosting and server uh, provider, you can check logs. You like, let's say it for the people that are not experienced, there are like two types of logs. One is the error log and another one is access log. So if you don't know when it's happening or what kind of page is causing it in access log, you can see that. So you can see like, uh, for example, in the last hour, you got like 1000 views of specific page on the website that has a newsletter and some feed or something. And then you can then assume that that something on that page is creating a problem and then you can continue from there. And then in that case, you can create test page with only one block or with only feed to see if that is going to behave slowly. And then you can eliminate one by one. This is if the page is making a problem. Uh, then you can see also if there is some cron jobs or WPCLI commands, and then you can address those. Like, for example, in multiple cases, if you have a big database, doing a backup 
can slow down the site because the database will be locked and then the site cannot do anything. So again, you can move backups, but you can see those details in the access log and error log of the website. Again, you cannot see everything there. That, that would be a second step. And then as a third step, if you want to go more advanced and like I want to be uh, actively doing on performance, there are like tools that I would recommend. There like, you can use New Relic, you can use Xdebug, or you can use uh, Blackfire. All those three tools are testing your code performance. So you can record the whole page and then it will tell you exactly how many queries, what function is called, how many times the function is called, uh, which file is calling. So everything, how it's behaving in the background for you. And then from there, you can then pick saying, okay, this plugin is taking five seconds to load on this specific page. Do I really need this plugin or can this be changed? Can I introduce some caching plugin? Can I... But those are a little bit more advanced tools. I would spend some time to get familiar. Just, just to point again, those are the similar tools. So this is not, you need to do all three of those. So just once more, this is Blackfire, New Relic, and Xdebug. Some of them are free. Some of them have a paid plan. So again, you don't need all three, but you start at least with one. And then again, if you want to test the front end and just the Google PageSpeed, you can use Lighthouse or just Google PageSpeed, or maybe you have some suggestion because I'm not that familiar with mostly front-end. But yeah, as a, as a three steps to sum, it up, to sum it up from my part, one is query monitor, easy. Uh, good things about it, it's pretty user-friendly. You can just see what's happening and there is like, if something is red, you know that's wrong. So it's easy to find the bottlenecks. Uh, the second one would be check the logs on the server, both access and error logs and then like PHP errors or something like that. And the third one is like use one of the tools like Blackfire, New Relic, or Xdebug. And again, you will find issues with plugins, but then you, this is awareness I'm talking about, but yes. What would your steps be? My steps, um, I will be talking now not about my personal steps when I'm hired to optimize someone's websites, but steps that someone who is not performance expert, but just a developer, um, can take to identify what's happening and if something is happening, because this is the beginning of the process. Mm. So let's say you just notice something is off. I would recommend to start with narrowing down the problem. Um, if... I, I think it might be overwhelming for the person who is not used to a lot of performance information. Open reports, look there without knowing what you are looking for, without hypotheses. It's hard to diverse what's important from what is not important. It's just overwhelming amount of information if you don't background, if you don't experience to know what you are searching for. So I would recommend to first identify if the problem exists and if so, where it does exist. Probably I would recommend to go first thing to Google Search Console and check your Core Web Vitals data and see if there are any issues there. So Google Search Console is is place where um, in page speed insights there is a small thing where you have Core Web Vitals assessment. This is real field data for from your website, but it comes from the bigger source of information. And the more detailed report can be found in Google Search Console. There is a tab there called Core Web Vitals. You can go there and you can check if your Core Web Vitals assessment is passing, if your website is passing Core Web Vitals assessment, right? And this might be the first indicator to you. So if the website 
is passing core vitals assessment, especially on uh, LCP and first input delay, which will soon be replaced with INP, uh, interactive interactive to next uh, paint. So if it's passing on these two, it means that real users don't have problems with speed on your website, on front-end. But if at the same time you have the feeling that something is off, something is loading slowly, I would try to differentiate probably if it's happening only when you logged in, if it's happening for logged in users and it's not happening for logged out users. And then you will have the answer. Uh, If it's not happening for logged out users, there are no issues with Core Web Vitals, then this issue most likely will be connected with something on backend that is cached or mitigated by something on front end for locked off users. Okay, this is already a lot of information for us. We already know that we should be looking in the back end because it's happening in the back end. And from this point, we can install. I would recommend install Query Monitor and look in there. But again, in uh, when you install Query Monitor, there is a huge amount of information there. If you don't know where you are looking at, it's easy to get lost. And some websites, they have a lot of issues. This uh, this, this happen, happens to my clients a lot. They see that the website have a lot of issues. There are errors, there are slow uh, slow queries, there are a lot of styles and scripts loading, there is a version of PHP that is not the latest one, even clo- not close to latest one, object cache is not in use, and they do not know where to start because there are so many issues. I would recommend to pinpoint what is the most easy thing to fix. And the most easy things to fix are usually like basic ones, First, it's PHP, PHP version. It would be so easy to, it's really, really easy to fix. You just upgrade server to higher PHP version, test there, your website. If uh, all plugins play well with it, you keep it going. Then there, I just remembered another thing that is, uh, you, that is um, often overlooked. There is a thing that we have in WordPress that is called WP memory limit. And by default, it's set to 40 megabytes. And I see a lot of cases when this default number hasn't been changed for years. The site was surviving somehow, but now it's not. Because 40 megabytes, it's a very, very low number. I agree with that. That's why. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah, it would be... No, indeed, it is so funny, but it happens often. I see that they are upgrading their hosting. They're paying for, say, two gigabytes of RAM on their hosting, but there is a limit set in their WordPress to 40 megabytes, so they never use what they're paying for. Uh, By the way, Query Monitor is showing that thing. So if you have limit for WP um, memory limit set to default to 40 megabytes, you will see that in Query Monitor. So that would be another another very easy thing to fix. I would recommend for someone who is not before hiring someone like me or Urush, uh, there are things that you can check and fix yourself easily. And if after that, the problem doesn't disappear, that that is a sign there is a problem, that this is a sign you should seek for help. But from such easy ones, let me think, object caching can be a very good idea. And uh, Query Monitor is showing that as well. Uh, It shows you, sometimes it can be misleading in Query Monitor. It says like um, uh, object caching plugin is not in use. And it's a little bit um, misleading because you should check numbers next to this line saying so many hits and so so many cached. Um, And if you have like one from 100%, you have 95% cached, 
that's fine. It means uh, query caching is working. It's just you're not using the plugin to manage it, but it is working. There is nothing to worry about. So my recommendation would be, first of all, separate. Um, try to figure out if it's front-end or back-end by going to Core Web Vitals, then going um, as uh, logged-in user and trying to figure out if it's back-end or front-end. If it's back-end, uh, install Query Monitor. Look at very basic things like WP memory limit, uh, um, object caching. You can also look for the MySQL version because that is the same like PIP version. There are like new versions that are improving the over uh, like the database thing. So that is also and uh, most of the server hosting allow you to upgrade that as well, like PHP. So be try to be on the latest version as you can. That nothing is breaking, but yeah. Easy things to do, right? What else easy things to fix we can see in query monitor without touching or errors, slow database queries, and so on? Let's think. Mm. I mean, you, you can always check if you have the plugins that are activated on the site and you're not using it anymore, or you have like multiple plugins for the same things over the years. For example, the first year you have plugin number one. Then you did not disable it. You added plugin number two, then plugin number three, and only plugin number three is doing specific thing. And the, for example, wishlist, you have three wishlist plugin uh, plugins, and you only use one. So please remove the other two that are not in use because that that is easy for for the person to do. Because again, that is the person that knows their site, so they know if they're using it or not. So this is like easy, or at least deactivated it. You don't need to delete it, just deactivate the plugin. Exactly. This is brilliant recommendation. This is so basic, but people are overlooking it. Uh, yeah, uh, go to your plugins, examine what is not in use, dis deactivate it, disable, delete. And if the problem stays, the next step will be deactivating all plugins, see if problem stays. If problem stays, then it means the problem is in your theme. Roll back to center theme. If problem stays, then something is wrong with either WordPress or server, which is not a good news, but it is the it is the result. It can be it can be a virus. It can be something happening on your website, but you can narrow down like this. So deactivating all plugins uh, if the problem disappeared, it means one, it's one of the plugins. Try activating in groups, figure out which plugins plugin is causing the best, the most impact, because usually it's the combination of all plugins. But sometimes you are lucky, and you can see that it's one plugin that is uh, causing like 30-40% of, slow, of slowness. And do that while having query monitor on, and uh, like you can open this plugin page on in one um, tab and have query monitor on say on home page in another tab and updating home page while disabling enabling um, plugins to see how numbers change there and that way to give you some information. Hmm. Let's think what else can be simply done. How could we forget uh, abandoned uh, post meta transients and such and such? Um, what would be your recommendation for people to figure this out and mm, fix this for those who are not performance engineers? But what can be done from graphic interface? For the WooCommerce, I know there is, you can just go to the stat status page of the settings of the WooCommerce and you can clear like the uh, transient, you can clean sessions, you can clean unused uh, variation trials and that kind of stuff. So WooCommerce have, can, has their own user interface that you can just click or you can just, for example, there is like a slow tasks in that uh, direction when like, you need to regenerate the attributes or something. They already build a tools for that. So you just click on the buttons. They're pretty simple. Nothing, just click on the buttons. 
Without WooCommerce, I'm pretty not sure what's the latest in that area now. I suppose that I, I knew, I know that there are a couple of plugins that can optimize, clean up the unnecessary things from the database. So why would, if no, this is talking for non-developers because for the developers, you can clean it on your own. You don't need a plugin, but there are plugins that are optimizing and cleaning the database of the unused things. So I would try with one of those to see how it's going to behave. But I would also add, if you uh, add some uh, like query monitor plugin to optimize the database, when you finish looking or doing the thing, please disable the plugin. The query monitor is taking the resource from the server. So after you do your investigation, please disable it because there is again that mistake of leaving query monitor or a database cleaner or whatever it's called. And that will take your, it can cause your site to be slow just because you forget to disable it. So that's also, don't forget to clean up after you as well. Just to add to this, this is a very usual scenario when um, debug lock is on and this is high attendant, high visited website and writing um, error lock, it's up resources on the website and writing error log is the main issue with performance. So just uh, to be clear, error log uh, and um, query monitor and things like this, they should be activated for a short period of time for discovery and fixing process. And they, they should be, and then they should be deactivated because they are taking up a lot of resources. Of course. So when you finish with something and that is not a default part of the website, you disable it. That's the rule number one. Whatever you're doing, whatever things are you testing, or for example, uh, this is again not maybe easy for every user, but if you change something on a server just to test it, return it back. Because if you're not sure what you're doing, you are maybe creating more issues than you are helping yourself. So just be careful. I just remember to note the simple thing that can be checked. So a lot of uh, hosting providers let you have as much staging environments, development environments as you wish. And some people generously use it. They would have few development websites, staging websites that uh, were used like two years ago and then abandoned, never never updated, never used again. Just uh, be mindful that your package with hosting provider, your resources are distributed through all instances that you have on that server. So it's your, if you have on the same server, you have your production website and then staging website and then development website and then another development website, it means that all resources are distributed between four websites. Yes, those three, they are not visited as much as the first one, but they're eating up a lot of resources. So if you are not using staging and development um, versions, they should be removed as well. This is uh, another leak of performance um, on the server side. Yeah, and especially if they have some current jobs or something that is running in background, like when you visit it, even if you're the only one visiting the site, it's going to trigger the things that are going to write to the database or to the server, and then you're creating issues for no reason, but yeah. I think the most common issue with SEO is when people create staging and development environment and they forget to put the checkbox there, like uh, ask Google not to index my website. This is very simple, very basic, but people forget to do forget to do this and then all of a sudden they have duplicated content uh, and they have issues with traffic and with everything. This is the, the very similar thing, like um, if you're creating a copy of your website on the same server, it will be taking resources from your production. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, I totally agree. Shall we summarize what we were talking today um, in terms of... Uh -huh. I can do it for the backend stuff again. The, my recommendation to test the code, the backend stuff of the code, would be from three simple steps, depending on your level of knowledge, is 
So query, mo query monitor as the first one, check everything what is saying to you. The second one would be check the access log and error log on the server, just to get familiar what's happening there and what are the pages that are visited mostly and if there are any errors. And the third one for the experienced one or for the people who want to get started with performance or anything, you can do, there is the Xdebug, there is a Blackfire and there is a New Relic, three tools, very good tools to monitor the database, to monitor the code, to monitor the visitors, whatever you want to monitor. So get familiar with that. Uh, those would be the three steps. And I would like to, for all the people who are listening to us, uh, to say we need to get awareness of the performance and slow code to more people to spread it, to make it easy for people to understand what is the issue and not just saying like WordPress is slow or WordPress is not slow. So it can scale, it can be pretty speedy, just needs to be used properly. So that would be short summary from my side. Yeah. And the same thing people say about who? Yep. I mean, that applies. Yeah, it applies. It depends on how you use it. And also it depends uh, on what else is playing in the same uh, playground. Sometimes in query monitor, you will see that such and such WooCommerce or WordPress functions function causes issue. This and this is slow. But the source of this problem might lay might be laying out of WordPress, out of WooCommerce, but in satellite plugin that are using their functions to read this error, to read this um, stack, what's happening step by step. You have to use tools like Query Monitor and, and uh, so on. Uh, and you have to read carefully where what is called, where the issue is happening, and try to narrow down to the problem, to where it ori originates from. Yeah, I agree that because there are, let's say, plugins or functions that are misused or used in the wrong way, and then they that can be misleading. That the WooCommerce is the problem, but actually is some other plugin. But just be careful and look for the don't don't grab for one thing. Just look outside of the scope a little bit and yeah you're safe Urush, thank you so much for the company in this show today it was a lovely chat i'm sure we could have been talking about performance from your side from back end from my side from mostly front end forever i hope that this chat was useful yeah maybe they want to hear more and then and then we can do another show but yeah we will see if we want, we can do any kind of topic regarding performance. We can only front end, only back end, or we can just continue talking. But yeah, it was nice uh, to talk to you about the performance and to people who are listening to us. And hopefully, we are going to talk soon again. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who is listening. Thank you to Bob for hosting us. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Well, I'd like to thank both Sabrina and Eros for bringing their expertise to our show today. I'm sure we will have them back again. And thanks to Hostinger and Omnisend for their continued support. And do check out that deal from Omnisend for yourself or for your clients' needs. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.